0: The Alabama Crops Report Podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alabama Crops Report Podcast. I'm Dr. Amanda Shear, an extension plant pathologist.
0: And I'm Dr. Adam Rabinowitz, an extension economist. I'll introduce our guests today. We actually have two guests with us uh, from the USDA Farm Service Agency. Uh, the first is Shaniqua Bowman-Green, she is a Chief Agricultural Program Specialist with FSA, and the second is Sydney Griffin, who is an Agricultural Program Specialist. Uh, welcome, Sydney and Shaniqua.
2: Glad to be here today. Thank
3: you. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you for being here. We're we're really excited to have you here today because as we're approaching now, we're in September and uh, you know, we, we know that natural disasters, in particular hurricanes and, and tropical storms, were in the peak of that season. Uh, you know, we, we start to think about what happens to, for our agricultural producers uh, when those storms hit. It's, it's certainly an unfortunate topic to have to be discussing, but uh, we hope to, to bring some light today in terms of what producers need to do after a storm when thinking about assessment and recovery. So Shaniqua and Sydney, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what the role that FSA has when disasters affect agricultural crop production.
2: When agriculture, uh, when, when um, disaster affect agriculture, our role at FSA, is to basically uh, assess the damage. Uh, We have a software where the county office can load the damage assessments. They have to actually, uh, as soon as that disaster hit, go out do an assessment, come back, load that information so that we can keep track of the the, the damage that is out there. And it's called, our software is actually called STORM. It's a systematic tracking optimal um, uh, management, risk management software. For, for storms, and they, they load those loss assessment reports into that storm software, and it basically tracked the disaster. And, the, um, and um, the major role, I guess, the purpose of tracking this is for disaster designations. So if we have one or more crops with the 30 percent or greater loss, FSA can forward that information up to the Secretary of Ag and request for a Secretary of Designation. And that, that request can come from the governor, that request can come from a producer, uh, a tribal member, um, uh, an emergency um, member, or any one agriculture member. They Any committee uh, such as those, they can come from anyone requesting for a Secretary of Designation. And we get that information, we gather our um, our loss assessment, our reports from our county offices and our county emergency boards. And we forward that information up any county with a um, or any commodity with a 30 um, percent or greater loss basically qualifies for a, a, a declaration, a, a secretary of designation uh, declaration. And so that's Alabama's, well, not Alabama, but FSA's role in um When it comes to loss or disasters within the state, uh, I think they play a major role when it comes to those disasters and gathering that information and getting that declaration uh, declared for the state.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned the loss assessment reports. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what goes into developing those and and the type of of information that needs to be gathered to file that report?
2: That loss assessment report is basically what what it says. It's an assessment of loss that county and um, the county emergency board or uh, I would say even the the county executive director in one of our local county offices um, can actually go out to that site that could be on a farm uh, anywhere that disaster has been declared in in that county or has uh, basically hit in that county and they'll go out and gather that disaster information it could be the crop loss it could be livestock it could be property loss and they'll they'll load the, the start date of that disaster, the end date of that disaster, the areas of the county that it was affected, and basically, and enter that the yield, the planted acres, and the and things like that versus the um, the acres that was lost uh, for a particular commodity. All that information is gathered on what we call a loss assessment report, and that report is then saved in that software so that we can pull that information and forward it to Washington, D.C. And, and that loss assessment report helps Washington, helps uh, the Deputy Administrator Farm Program declare and help with us getting those secretary designation declared. But basically, we gather that information and we load that information on those loss assessment reports.
1: So just kind of staying on the topic of, you know, declaring a di- disaster declaration, I remember back from you know october 2018 after hurricane michael hit and it devastated not only florida and georgia but also alabama and i believe there was actually disaster declarations for geneva houston henry and mobile counties in alabama so when that happens what programs become available to crop producers in those areas that they might find helpful to their recovery efforts
2: um when the disaster hit and we have a um a secretary designation that's declared it makes it available for it makes all the producers that are eligible in that are in that county area and contiguous counties eligible for our emergency loans we do have a lot of disaster programs uh, that they qualify for and it we do, they don't even have to have a, de- uh, a declaration for those programs such as our our emergency conservation program we have emergency forest restoration program uh we have other programs like our tree assistance program and and things like that and we have what they call ad hoc programs and our emergency lifestyle indemnity programs and i'll let sydney um discuss some of those ad hoc programs that once the de- declaration is declared um, there are programs available that they may qualify um, that is not an everyday program that fsa such as our emergency conservation or our, our um emergency forest restoration program uh, once again once that declaration is um is declared our emergency loans become available for those producers that were da- that had a loss of thirty percent or greater, or damage, or in that county. I would say if they're in that county, they're eligible. If they're in that county that was declared a declaration, they're eligible. If they're contiguous uh, in a contiguous county, they are eligible. But Sydney, you are uh, if you could just talk about some of the other disaster programs that you carry uh, that you all cover in your division as well.
3: Thank you, Shaniqua. So. Uh, One of the key points that I think everyone's addressed so far has been, you know, that we're gathering the information and was touched on how the secretarial um, disaster declarations or or these presidential disaster declarations, how they open up some programs and and Congress set aside some money, you know, permanently funded several disaster programs for FSA. And the programs, you know, are permanent programs, things like um, NAP, TAP, ELAP, and, you know, we like our alphabet soup. So for, for those of you who aren't too familiar, NAP will be our, our um, non-insured crop disaster assistance program. We have a, a livestock indemnity program or LIP. The ELAP will be that emergency assistance for livestock, honeybee and farm raised fish programs. We have TAP, which is our tree assistance program. So some of those programs, like Shaniqua would already briefly touched on are Are permanently funded. So when Hurricane Michael came through in 2018, there were some ad-hoc disaster programs. The one that that our area was most able to benefit from would have been the WIP Plus program. And it was an ad-hoc disaster program um, and that the sign-up is not going on right now, but it helped with wildfires and hurricanes in the area. And so when we had these ad hoc disaster programs, the counties that had the secretarial disaster designations or declarations, they didn't have to provide any supporting documentation that the disaster event or the weather event, the hurricane actually occurred or that it caused damage in their counties. So that was a benefit Unfortunately, those counties that were contiguous and didn't have this primary disaster designation, those producers were required to provide some additional supporting documentation to the county committee satisfaction. And it's in one of those cases where the sign-up was actually um, taking place after the event actually occurred. So with these ad hoc disaster programs, um, you never really know what is going to be coming down the pipeline. And so like Shaniqua was saying, that's one of the benefits of FSA trying to record and document as much data as we can when these disaster events occur, because well, the more information we can provide to the um, deputy administrator farm programs, the more likely we are to trigger some um, ad hoc disaster programs or or be able to help counties and, and make payments uh, for these
0: different disaster events. So that's really interesting. You mentioned NAP, and that's one of the programs that does require advanced sign-up. Um, and there's often, the depending on the cause of loss, that 15-day that reporting period that needs to occur, similar to crop insurance through RMA. Uh, but then when you have some of these emergency programs, those may actually open up after the event or you know, WIP and WIP Plus where, It's actually not even established until after the event occurs. And so what can our producers do in in those cases where they may not know exactly what opportunities there are in the future uh, to make sure that they have the proper documentation of their loss?
3: So sure. Um, Right now, uh, one of the things that one of the tools that we have available to producers Um, it's found on our farmers.gov website. Okay. We have a disaster assistance discovery tool and it provides some at a glance, um, fact sheets. So you could go in and actually choose which disaster event, um, where you are physically located state County, and and it'll kind of help you, um, choose which type of programs, or at least give you an idea of the programs that FSA has that might. Um, offer some benefits after you've suffered these uh, weather events. But some of the information um, that you may need, and, and as you brought up, Adam, when it's after the fact, um, like with with our WIP Plus program, one of the chief complaints or, or concerns that, that our producers um, express to the agency is that it oftentimes it's difficult to um, provide documentation because, you know, two years later, they may or may not, especially for a program that didn't exist, right? They didn't know. So they didn't have a lot of information to provide in these contiguous counties. So some of the things that our county committees uh, got together and discussed and decided would be um, helpful when making those types of determinations would be if you have any photographic evidence, especially the um, photographs that have date stamps or if you're using your, your cell phones, um, and they have that information stored with the uh, the dates and the times after the event. I mean, most of us are going to kind of go out and try to survey the damage as soon as we're able. So those photographs are definitely helpful. Um, any climatological data, in other words, any weather data that the producers um, have for that event. And when we're saying weather data, we're talking about things like reliable um, information, uh, usually as pretty easily obtained Um, some of the some of the things that i recall seeing would be i think there's some research uh, maybe nrcs research centers or extension centers that had documented rainfall for the area Um, they did that on a a, basically on a daily basis so that information was pretty helpful for some producers we're not talking about you know your personal rain gauge i mean if you're like me you may have forgotten to pour it out so um, things like looking at, there's NOAA, you know, for the hurricane uh, weather report um, for your area. Uh, the National Weather Service has some, some documentation out there. Any of that reliable climatological data, I think NRCS may even have some um, some maps and some weather stations that they could give you some information on. Um, we had people who had scouts that had gone out and checked their fields after the disaster event. So those reports, that information was always helpful. Um, NAP and RMA, I mean, if you already have crop insurance and you already had NAP and you filed a report, then you know, that, that of course, was helpful. But maybe you didn't have coverage on your crop, but maybe your neighbor did. So if you're aware of that and someone went out and inspected their production loss or their crop or their damage, then, you know, someone that's right there besides you and they've got some information where it was reported or someone performed an inspection, then um, obviously you could, you could provide that. There were some things where we were trying to look at um, loss adjuster reports, you know, maybe you didn't get an indemnity from your crop insurance agent, but somebody was actually out there and they looked at the damage or uh, maybe you didn't have any insurance and nobody else is right there next to you so trying to make sure or verify that, that crop was actually in the field at the time of the disaster event so there are some things like um if we think about your sales receipts maybe or delivery receipts gen or warehouse receipts reports like bail listings you know, those things would show when your crop was was out of the field so it would help support whether or not you know the the crop was still out there at the time of the disaster event. So any of those, I mean, anything that you could think of. So with us going into hurricane season now and and you know we we've had Ida. I don't know what's going on with Larry right now out in the Gulf, but anything you can you can think of to record, you you never know when when we may have a program and it might become beneficial.
0: It really comes down to the fundamentals of record keeping. We often talk about that as economists from a financial standpoint, but even just about what actually has occurred after a storm as you enter that recovery phase, keeping good records of what that impact was can help open that availability to some of these programs. One other program I wanted to touch on real quick with Shaniko is just she mentioned uh, the emergency conservation program. And uh, you know, I think about the the potential for debris removal with that program and you know what should producers be thinking about at, at the point that they may have that debris? Uh, should they be contacting FSA before actually doing any type of cleanup?
2: Yes, sir. That's the first thing they wanna do before any um, debris removal or any fencing and repairs. Now, of course, during an emergency and you have livestock, you may have to repair that fence and you may have to get what we call a, a waiver for starting to practice prior to approval. but. Um, the first thing you want to do is contact your local FSA office, contact that FSA office, let them know that you have a disaster out there, because we have what they call, a, um, of course, um, FSA or a TSP, a technical service provider such as NRCS or Alabama Forestry. Of course, we want to do what they call a site visit first. Go out there, perform that site visit, go visit do that assessment of that, that loss uh, on that property and do what they call an environmental evaluation as well or an environmental assessment of that area. Uh, because if they perform that cleanup or start the cleanup of debris removal or fencing or, or any of that grading and shaping that that require you know, that qualifies up under ECP, if they start that practice prior to approval, um, they can be denied. So I recommend that, as soon as they notice a a damage to notify their local FSA office. Uh, Once again, take as many pictures uh, as uh, Sydney stated earlier as possible, but visit that FSA office before any debris removal. Uh, That way we can get out there and do that assessment and, um, and, and go from there and help our producers start their cleanup.
1: Shaniqua and Sydney, I'm basically going to kind of simplify this here just from what I've heard both of you talk about. It's almost like if you're getting into an auto accident or if damage happens to your home, you want to document all those losses as soon as you can or anything that happens. So, you know, as soon as you get into an auto accident, you take out your phone, you take pictures of the scene, the surrounding area. In that case, you contact your insurance agent. But in this case, you know, definitely contact your local FSA office. Um, and also if you have a crop insurance agent, contact them. A lot of times extension can also help give you advice on things. So your local regional extension agent could probably give you some advice there. Um, you know, extension specialists even get contacted after major events like that to ask, well, what should I do with my crop? How should I manage this to maximize my, my yield? And so sometimes even just one of us coming out there, we can also help um give a little bit of a boost to your case as well but really contacting your local fsa office is really important and i did have a question for sydney too just before we start to wrap up you mentioned that there will always be some deadlines um for you know like the WIT program the deadline to sign up for that obviously for hurricane michael has passed where can producers find that information that's easy to access and keep on top of those deadlines of when they need to submit paperwork
3: you yeah, know right now there is the farmers.gov website, Um, obviously you could call your your local county office and right now because of of the pandemic, we are um, in Alabama, our staff is limited. So what we're trying to do is maximize the resources that we have. In other words, if we can fax that to you, if we can email it to you, if we can put it in snail mail and get those applications to you, that, that's what we're trying to do. If we have to put a box outside the window or have a drive-up window at a county office to try to help our producers that are used to that face-to-face contact, um, just letting them know that just because we're we're going through that right now doesn't mean that we can't still service or take these applications. Also thinking about producers that may be displaced, right? So um, especially, you know, some of those that are, are really hard hit, so maybe you can't physically get to your local county FSA office. Maybe those phone lines are down and you're worried about missing a deadline or you're having to take care of other things that, that are related to these events. You can always sign on to Up, right? And our disaster tool, um, a lot of the documents are available online. However, if you're somewhere else and you're in another county um, or another city or state, you can go to that FSA office, whichever FSA office is closest to you. And they can take the same documentation um, at every county office. We have that access now so that we can provide customer service nationwide. So they may take the application for you or print out the documentation you need and provide it to you there. And you may personally mail it or, or scan it or send it in. Or they may take it from you and mail it on your behalf or scan it or email it to us um, at your local county office. So you're, you're not a limited um, if you can't access the county that you're used to doing business with because of some of these disasters. And we're trying, like I said, trying to maximize the use of technology as much as possible. And when in doubt, you know, call us, we'll print it and we'll stick it to you in the mail. But the right now, um, our, our partnerships with Extension Our partnerships with a lot of our our stakeholders, you know, they they help try to advertise these these programs and these deadlines as much as possible. For example, on farmers.gov right now, hopefully our producers will see that there's a, a CFAP to sign up going on for some COVID relief being offered. And the deadline that they have listed out there that was just recently announced is October 12th of 2021. If you can't call us, we have it online. Just emphasize that if you can't deal with who you're used to talking to in your local county office, then wherever you happen to be, there should be another FSA office there that can assist you with with signing up or or finding out about these deadlines.
0: This has been really informative. I I, I really appreciate all this great information and great programs that you're helping manage uh, for FSA and, and make available for producers um, I'll, I'll put in a plug as well for just, you know, uh, you know, our own extension website. We often uh, put, put forth a lot of this information too uh, regarding various programs and deadlines and, and try to put some, some relevance to sometimes some of the national fact sheets and, and national programs, bring up in some of that relevance directly to Alabama. Um, so certainly encourage our listeners, check out farmers.gov, check out aces.edu as well.
1: And just to add to that, definitely subscribe to our Alabama crops report newsletter. So it's a companion to this podcast. And a lot of times what we talk about in the podcast, we'll also have little blips in that newsletter. It's a biweekly newsletter. I know some of our listeners have heard this before, but it's easy. You just go to aces.edu. And if you type in the search bar for the newsletter, find it and sign up for it. You just need to put your name and email and we won't spam you, I promise. Um, But be careful. The first couple um, ones might go to your junk folder. So if you don't see it, it's probably hanging out in your spam folder. So that's my, my last little plug. But um, Adam and I really appreciate both um, Shaniqua Bowman-Green and Sydney Griffin from the USDA Farm Service Agency, Alabama State Office for joining us today on this podcast. And we really uh, would like to talk to you guys again if you have any other information for our producers.
2: The only information that I have currently is just reach out to your local FSA office. Get to know your local agencies. Um, you can sign up for their local the FSA newsletter as well. And a lot of your if there's a disaster, certain disasters for that county, that, that information will be uh, advertised on the local newsletter. So if if the, if there's an ECP sign-up that's going on in uh, Blount County, of course, that'll be on their newsletter. So contact your local FSA office, sign up for their newsletters so that you can get uh, information uh, of the uh, programs that are going on uh, in that county as well. So that would, that's one of the things that I recommend all producers to do is get to know their the local county FSA office.
0: Well, thank you, Shaniqua. Thank you, Sydney. Uh, we really do appreciate you being here and uh, thank you to our listeners as well.
1: Yes, and that ends our time today on the Alabama Crops Report podcast. As always, if you can ever be of any help to anybody, please don't hesitate to reach out.
0: The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.